Today is Thursday, January 26th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Biden flip-flops. He's going to send tanks to Ukraine after all. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. It's a wild world out there. Why go at it alone? Get through the news of the cray together. Joining me as always, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips. It's Friday, Junior guys. What's up? Well, you know, as I always say, I'm caffeinated and contented, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, with electrical bills the way we are, we're all just going to be freezing cold forever and ever. Trying to trigger me, Trey. Uh, You're trying to trigger me. Oh, boy. I know. But I think America is kind of, we're all in the same boat with this right now, with the cost of everything. So at least we're all collectively triggered yeah. together. We yeah, should, I, I mean, maybe we should have a contest and just who email us in just go ahead and send that email quickstartpodcast at cbn uh dot org i mean we, we who's got the highest bill i mean it's a we've got a pretty good competition going between the three of us here i mean it's just and i don't even, I've, yeah. we like homestead my wife's always like i'm always like is the heat on <laughs> in here and then our bill is still it's still ginormous so we're, we're like churning butter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're feeling your pain, America. That is that is the moral of the story here. So uh but Chick-fil-A, guys, uh we've got a we've got a little update from from Chick-fil-A today. Yeah, you know, just a little insight into who Chick-fil-A is, who the people behind the company are. And we we've, we've had a sense of that, but I think this really drives it home. Yeah, looking forward to that. Also, we're catching up with CBN's Matt Galka, who is covering the Mark Houck trial, which is underway, and what we can expect from that. We'll have the details on that all coming up on the podcast. But first, we're going to get through the news here uh, in 90 seconds. And Joe Biden announced that the U.S. plans to send 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine. This is after Germany said it would deliver 14 a Leopard 2 tanks from its own stock to the country. And as recently as on Friday, senior Biden administration officials said the president wasn't inclined to provide the tanks uh, because even his own Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, thought it was a bad idea. And the U.S. has already supplied thousands of combat vehicles, including 1,700 Humvees uh, to Ukraine. And Mr. Irrelevant, that's the nickname for the last person taken in the NFL draft. His name's Brock Purdy, and he's one game away from the Super Bowl. He talked about his faith and more. You can read about that at CBNNews.com. And 20% of trafficking victims pass through Texas. And so state legislators there recently passed a law making it tougher on criminals and helping the victims stay out of jail. Texas became the first state to make buying sex a felony. And they are cracking down big time on it. CBN's Tara Mergener has a fascinating report going behind the scenes on some of these sting operations. Incredible stuff. You can check it out over at cbnnews.com. Guys, the sex trafficking stuff, it, it seems like one of those things that almost is surreal. You, you expect it in a third world country. But here you have people in America. And one of the things, and I strongly encourage you to watch Tara's report. It's on the CBN News YouTube channel. I'll link to it here in the this podcast episode so you can watch it. But there are people who will prey on homeless women, young women that maybe have kind of run away from home or maybe they're addicted to drugs or whatever the case may be. And then they swoop in and then sell them for sex. 
and don't give them any of the money, but they just, it's, it's horrifying stuff, stuff that you would think would normally be in a third world country. Yeah. And I think it points to really just the evil that exists in our world. The fact that this is happening and we can't be naive to the fact that this is happening for years. You know, we would hear that there were upwards to 300,000 Americans who are trafficked, you know, every year. And you're thinking, how is that possible in any country, right, in the century that we're living in, let alone our own. And so I think when we take things for granted too much and we don't realize the things that are happening, it does a real disservice. So I, I love that we're talking about it. I'm heartbroken that we have to. Yeah. I think that stories like these kind of bring home the fact that pornography is such a huge issue, right? Because it, it's not very far removed from sex trafficking and from prostitution. Really, if you look at it on paper, there's not a whole lot of difference between how prostitution happens and how the purchase and production and consumption of pornography happens. It's all through similar channels. A lot of that money obviously is, and this a lot of it isn't confirmed, but there's been study after study after study that shows uh, that the money that people spend and the money that companies make through pornography a lot of it goes into sex trafficking, the coercion of women, a lot of them underage. I mean, this is like my high horse so I can get up on my my little preacher's podium <laughs> and go on and on and on about this thing. But it just, you could easily win me over to just outlaw pornography altogether, altogether forget about the, the First Amendment and the free speech stuff because it's not a good argument. You know, this this is being funded by pornography. Well, and that was one of the the things that the um, uh, the officer said that that uh, Tara had talked to in this report was they are going after, and that's why they're making buying sex a felony. They're yeah. they're saying, well, yes, there are people who are trafficking, and that's horrible. But how are they able to traffic? It's because you have people who are willing to pay for it, and right. it's incredible watching this report because the people that are being arrested are not. They're not just these junkies out on the street. They're family men, allegedly. And you can see them realizing what they've done. And like you said, Trey, all of that, you know, you're in your house, you're in the privacy of your home and you think you're safe and you think, you know, that it's not a big deal. I don't know. You disassociate. I'm not sure how you get to that place exactly of, well, it's time to go out and pay for this and you're going to ruin your life and your marriage and everything else. But that's why Texas is taking it seriously and making it a felony uh, because they want to stop the um, the supply. Well, we have these insane conversations in this culture about things like, you know, prostitution, like maybe prostitution shouldn't be illegal, right? And we, you know, we're having all these conversations and we're watching these things happen. And it's very clear that if you were to open those floodgates, that these issues would worsen. You would yeah. have people being manipulated even more. And so it would oh, just yeah. be happening under the auspices of something that's, quote, legal. So there's a yeah. lot to, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. But, man, we need to – we've got to get on yeah. the ground and well, do more. No, I, I mean, the, the, well, I was just going to say, if you – so the number one search word for pornography, which this is so heartbreaking, is teen. Uh, so you're, you're creating porn uh, with these – teenagers who very much look like they're underage. Like a lot of them look like they're not even 18. And even if you are 18, 18 is still super, super young. 18, 19, 20 is a very, very young uh, person, a young kid. So, but you can't, we're acting as if the people who are creating pornography, the gatekeepers of pornography are these morally upright people as if they're going to care. Like if they're breaking any laws, it's like, well, they look at the, what are the search terms? The number one search term is teenager 
So how can I go and find and coerce and manipulate more young teens into getting into this because that's how I'm going to make money. Yeah. So we, we need to stop acting as if putting rules in place is going to make these pornographers all of a sudden like, right, oh, no. well, yeah, that's morally wrong, so I'm not going to do that yeah, anymore. Not, not a chance. And Billy, to what you're saying, I mean, I think we have this veneer of civil society that really masks, we think we're progressing and that we're somehow so far advanced, but I think technology just hides the wickedness and the sin that we actually have. I mean, one of the shots from this special was so disturbing the guy, the officer, you know, who was running the sting, he went into a chat room and he was pretending that he was a parent selling his own kids for for acts. He was he was pretending this. He obviously wasn't doing it. You would not believe how many messages he had his phone up to the camera. You would not believe how many messages were waiting for him. It was dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of messages thinking this was a parent selling their own kids. And they were all there was demand for that. I mean, it was it was unbelievable to look at. And to your point, Billy, we're a society now that we are seemingly a lot of people are okay with adult men dressed in drag performing in front of children, and they call it family friendly. This is the path we're going down, guys. And I I'm saying I'm telling you, I keep looking up at the sky and I'm wondering when it's going to begin to rain sulfur because we are a wicked generation. Well I think and I think that's what we're we're watching. You know, there was a book a couple of years back by Jeff Kinley, um, as it was in the days of Noah. And and it feels like that's where <laughs> yeah. we are, right? Yes. I mean, we are in a place where there is just unimaginable things happening. It's horrific and a lot of us are no longer horrified by the horrific things happening. Yeah. And when that starts to happen, you know the hearts have been hardened and we're yeah. in a dangerous place. No, I agree. I mean, and that's why we, you know, and we're running out of time here, so we're going to move on. But I mean, that's why we harp on stories like these drag shows, because this is so perverted and twisted. You cannot even allow that to even be a hint of acceptable in society, because the things that it opens the doors to, as we're seeing, are just demonic and wicked in nature and as christians we just shouldn't want any part of that and we better take a stand so on a positive note here guys for our focus story we're going to take a look at chick-fil-a because in the negative of the world that's all around us chick-fil-a is a shining city on a hill most of the time uh, but they just served <laughs> up another reason for people to love the company so what's uh, what's the story here yeah, you know, most of us know that this is a Christian company, a Christian-owned company. It's a fast food joint where faith is at the center. But what's so interesting about Chick-fil-A is that it's a company that transcends food, right? There, there's something about it. When you watch the commercials, it's about people. It's about relationships. It's about investing in people. Um, and yet they're selling, you know, chicken sandwiches. And so uh, there was recently an interview that Dan Cathy, the former CEO, he's the son of the founder of Chick-fil-A, um, the new CEO, by the way, is Dan Cathy's son, Andrew Cathy. But Dan Cathy spoke about his passion for the company, what the company does, and how Chick-fil-A is all about glorifying God. And so he was sort of being asked about different things. Why has the company done what they've done, gone the route that they've gone, gone above and beyond? Um, and he basically said at Chick-fil-A, and this is a quote from him, we are very grounded on our corporate purpose to be a purpose-driven organization. That purpose is defined in a statement that we're here to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to us and have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And he went much deeper than that, talking about the fact that at the end of the day, 
they can't take the money with them, right? It's not all about the money. It's not all about the things that they're, they are taking what the creator has given them. They're acknowledging the creator. They're having a sense of humility, a teachable spirit. He just talked about all these Christian sentiments that they want to have in how they operate and that they have had and how they operate as a company. I mean, you don't hear these things from leaders very often. No, and it's really interesting because aside from some activists who just really hate God, um, Chick-fil-A has a very good standing in the country. I mean, you're hard-pressed to find people who, um, if they don't know anything, especially about Chick-fil-A, other than just what they've experienced when they've been there, they'll, oh yeah, Chick-fil-A is great. Great customer service, great place, great food. I mean, that's that's what you're going to get. So on that respect, they've been a great witness. But, uh, but I mean, we've kind of known about their face stance before, Billy. So what's unique about the position this time? Yeah, I think what's unique about the position is that some of the things that we've seen, obviously, as Christians, we're called to love God and love others. So if you're claiming to be a Christian company, you're going to see that play out. And we see that when you go into a Chick-fil-A, when you experience the process, you know what that's like. But what's so intriguing is that they talked about that people aspect. Um, Dan Cathy said, you know, quote, people are hungry to be treated with honor, dignity and respect. And then this is the telling line to me. He said, as delicious as our chicken bite sandwiches are, our fresh squeezed lemonade and those hot waffle fries, people are in greater need of being restored and encouraged from an emotional standpoint. And so when you look at that, and again, he was speaking to Chief Executive Magazine, that's part of the fabric of the company. That is why they are successful, right? You don't get that at McDonald's. You don't get that anywhere else. There isn't a real investment in people. And so we haven't heard them, at least not recently, talk about those factors in their identity as a company. And so it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, indeed. What do you think uh, believers can take away from, from all of this? Well, I'd encourage people to head over to Faithwire and CBN and read the story because there's more to it, right? He's talking about excellence, pursuing excellence as Christians and how as a company, they've had to do that. They've had to spend more on putting, you know, salt and pepper shakers in restaurants, going above and beyond. And as Christians in whatever we're doing, we may not be running a Chick-fil-A franchise, but whatever we're doing, doing it with excellence for the Lord and remembering that whatever service we are in or doing, we are doing that in a way in which we love God and love others. And so it really is when you look at companies and success, seeing what has made them successful, it should make us want to take those same principles and apply them to our own lives and journeys. Well, that's really cool. And uh, look, I mean, as somebody who's, I'm, I mean, I'm probably a little biased here because I mean, my daughter got her first job at Chick-fil-A and she's had a great time working there. And um, you know, one of the reasons that uh, she wanted to work there was because she kind of figured it was a good environment, just judging by the experience of going there. And it's generally been that way. And so, um, man, really, it's a great, it's a great, I don't know, object lesson to look at how Chick-fil-A has conducted themselves, you know, as Christians in society, how to operate and stand true to your convictions while uh, being in the midst of uh, a fallen world. And I think it's, um, you know, by and large, for the most part, been, been a great a testament to the Christian faith. You know, something that I, so I went to Liberty University and something that I heard all the time on campus, there are all, all these quotes by Jerry Falwell Sr. that are referenced all the time when you go to Liberty because it's Liberty. Uh, so one of the things that was said all the time is if it was, if it's Christian, it ought to be better. And that was like Jerry Sr.'s thing that he said all the time. And I think that it's such a simple quote, but it's so true, right? If a Christian is going to 
go into an institution, whatever it is, whether it's school and education or if it's even founding or starting a, a fast food restaurant, you should be at the top of the list as a best customer service, best food, best product, all that stuff. And I think Chick-fil-A and the Kathy family have done a good job of modeling that uh, and just sharing the love of God and, and love for others, like you said, Billy, with their customers and their employees. Indeed. All right. Well, good stuff there, guys. Appreciate you bringing it. Uh, that's going to lead us here into the main thing for today. And as I mentioned at the top, CBN's Matt Galka, he has been covering uh, the Hauk trial, which started this week. And this, of course, is a very controversial uh, arrest. It was a big, big show of force at the home of Catholic pro-lifer Mark Hauk all over an incident that happened well over a year ago that was thrown out in local courts because the uh, complainant didn't show up to the court date. So why did the federal government pick it up? How does Houck's team feel uh, heading into this trial? Are they optimistic? They think the outcome is going to be favorable? Well, I caught up with Matt and we talked about all things going on with the Houck trial for today's main thing. So, Matt, the trial now is underway. You obviously were there previewing it. You got to speak to Peter Breen and Houck's defense team. How are they How are they feeling heading into this trial? Well, I, I think it can't be overstated uh, that, they, that, that they feel this is one of the more important pro-life trials. Um, actually, in, in, in what Peter Breen said to me, it might be the most important pro-life criminal trial of, of, of his recent memory or, or possibly his whole whole career. So the importance of this is not lost on them. They, they feel pretty confident about their case um, considering the background of this, which was this did not make it past municipal court initially and then was elevated um, to the Department of Justice. Uh, basically, they're, you know, part of their case is if, if this didn't stand, you know, if this, this if this didn't stand muster in the lower court, then um, you know it, it it shouldn't stand muster in the in the, in the higher one. Um, so I I think they feel pretty good about the argument they want to make, especially if um, the, the the terms of the Face Act, which is which is what is being uh, uh, debated here about who the Face Act protects and who it doesn't protect. It's it's their belief and and it's their argument that. The volunteer, uh, in this case, um, it is not protected under that act. Uh, that was, uh, you, you know, that's the evidence that they're going to submit. Um, back when uh, Ted Kennedy was was one of the one of the members uh, um, ar- arguing about what who is covered and and what is covered under this act. So I, I think they feel pretty good, but I, I also think they know the magnitude of of the potential outcome. Mm. Yeah, it's certainly interesting because there are there are some sort of head scratching elements to this case as we've looked at it, you know, when it first hit as well. And you wonder, like you said, those lower courts, it kind of got thrown out. The complainant didn't show up. And you wonder what, you know, uh, incentive was there for and, and impetus was there for the Biden administration, for the feds to pick this thing up and then pursue it as a face act. I, I mean, I keep going back to it's somewhere along the line. You would think there would be some video because it's a Planned Parenthood in Philadelphia. You can clearly see the security cameras on there. Uh, to my knowledge, none has been released, but it seems like video would clear a lot, lot of this up because 
um, Hauk's team does not dispute that he did shove um, the the Planned Parenthood escort. The question is, does it rise this interaction, this um, you know, kind of uh, you know disagreement that they had? Does it rise to a Face Act violation? So it's it's you wonder if there's other evidence here that's going to come out. Right. Yeah. Actually, that was one of my questions, and I think you bring up a good point about video. Now, it, what we do know is there is a snippet of video um, that the uh, Department of Justice uh, and Hawks uh, team has, which actually shows the shove. And mm. as you just mentioned, they don't deny that that happened. Um, and so my, my follow-up question to, to Mr. Breen was, because um, he had mentioned, I mean, this is Philadelphia, and it's it's 2023. It's likely other buildings and businesses around there had cameras mm. that would show the whole thing. And I said, so are you going to use those or do you have those? Now, he brought up a good point, which was it's entirely possible the Department of Justice has seen the other video. And again, we have to remember the actual initial incident happened in, what, 2021. Right. Um, has seen the video. Uh, it might not have been salacious, you know, the, it, it has seen it, but they have that one clip. And and I said, so why don't you use it? And and here's the long and short of it. They don't have the burden of proof here. You know, mm-hmm. they, the, the Department of Justice would have to prove. So them get it, you know, them do, essentially doing the Department of Justice's job right. for them <laughs> is, is not going to, you know, that's just not. I'm not an attorney and I don't pretend to be, but like, that's just not what an attorney would do is do the other side's job. For right. Them. So, and at this point too, because it's 2023, if the video is not in anybody's possession, I mean, that would have to be some sort of cloud recording system to have that video from back then. So, so that is, I think you bring up a good point, but how much video we're likely to see, uh, they didn't seem Beyond that snippet, probably not much, which, mm. you know, I, I think there's two cases to be made there, which is what what video are we seeing and what video are we not seeing? Yeah. And I think that's part of Hauk's defense uh, strategy also. Yeah, interesting tactic for sure. And, you know, you just keep, you know, you look at this thing and you wonder and you think, my goodness, what are we missing when you look at this? Because, I mean, there's two sides to every story. And so... You know, we're hearing from Peter Breen, we're hearing from Hauk's attorneys, and if what they're saying holds up and this thing just gets thrown out, you know, you you just can't help but wonder, okay, then what questions are going to be asked here about how this thing escalated? I, mean, I think that is going to be probably a secondary focus on this once this trial is said and done. And if, because like you said, Breen does seem confident. So if this thing holds up, if they're correct, I think there might be follow up here as to what actually went on here to bring this thing to uh, to trial. Now, I, I, you you mentioned that follow up, and I think what we will see in the aftermath, I, I I think it's likely. And I just actually, this is good timing for this. Um, I just wrapped up talking to Congressman Jim Jordan, who uh, he's now chairing a subcommittee in Congress about the weaponization of government. Mm. And I asked him specifically about this case, and I asked Peter Breen about this case too, and it's likely we, Congress would bring Mark Houck in to testify about what happened here. 
um, you know, in the aftermath of, of whatever the decision is here. You know, you talk about the timing from 2021 to a year later to this trial now, um, the circumstances, the FACE Act. It, it's likely we would we would see that in front of Congress um, in, in the aftermath of, of what happens here. Now, and, and the, the one thing I will say, too, about the ramifications here, Peter Breen said, "If this was, if this were not to go their way, his worry is that this just completely allows these altercations to to be aggressive, to be or or you know volunteers or on both sides to be aggressive toward each other, to to keep escalating situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if a volunteer at a at a clinic is is going to you know." If, if they're all going to be face act violations, right. Then, you know, that, that gives them a little more, uh, I guess, leeway and, and, you know, in their eyes. So, yeah. Um, right. They, they're going to, they feel like they're going to have that backing where they can instigate even. And, um, what recourse is the pro-life supporter going to have? Right. That was, that was his worry. And I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's a concern because it, 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 it will set, it could set a precedent about, you know what does rise to the level of a face act violation what doesn't and uh you know who who can be held responsible super interesting a lot going on here matt uh i know you're busy so i appreciate you taking a few minutes here to chat about this case i know you're going to stay on it and uh we'll be watching your reporting over at cbn appreciate the time i uh, appreciate you having me on and, and actually i mean they hope to have a decision by the end of the week so it, wow. should, be, it should be an interesting week here all right indeed All right. Appreciate Matt stopping by for a few minutes. We're certainly going to be keeping an eye on everything going on with the Hauk trial over at CBNnews.com and Faithwire.com as well. And that leaves us with time for one last thing. And we're going to take a quick look here at Genesis 50, 20, which says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So obviously this is Joseph guys talking to his brother's Um, Their father had just died and they were terrified that he was going, that Joseph was like going to take revenge on them for what they did to him, selling him into slavery in Egypt. And he turns them and says this, the verse I just read. And it's just a great reminder that, look, God is taking all these situations and weaving it together for his good plan. Well, when you're in the middle of like the worst moment of your life, you're struggling, you're trying to figure out why God, why it's really interesting because he had every reason to say, why God, why? And what did he do? He turned around and said, there was a bigger purpose. It's bigger than me. It wasn't all about me and it's all good. That that's faith. Yeah. You know, as somebody who like, I have a tendency to, oh, did I do the right thing? Did I do the wrong thing? Am I, I'll read into something. I shouldn't have done it that way. Now it's going to mess everything up. The reality is, is that if you're a believer and you're following in obedience after the Lord, it doesn't matter anyway. There's nothing that you and I could do to thwart God's plan to, and to thwart the ultimate redemption of humanity and his glorification for those who are in Christ. So uh, we can rest on that and, and maybe find some comfort in it on stressful days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great place to leave it here on this Friday Junior episode of the podcast. As always, get yourself on over to CBN News. Dot com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Why get it with any other perspective? Get your news with a perspective that you share. So Lord willing and that creek don't rise, we're going to be back here tomorrow with more on our Friday episode. God bless. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you then.